Hey there, thank you for joining us for Six Degrees of Study, an uneducational podcast. Today we have Kyle Brown, that's me, who has a Bachelor of Business from Newcastle University and currently works at GPB Partners in Tari as an accountant. We want to show you how it's highly likely there's only six degrees of separation between you, the career, and the life you want. This is the Six Degrees Podcast. But as far as your university story goes, um, we're, we're quite fast realising that no two stories look the same as much as everyone assumes that there's a very generic copy-paste story when it comes to going to getting a degree. What's to, as context for now, and then we can look back from there, what does your life look like now, professionally and personally? Um, so I'm very comfortable in my life now, both personally and professionally. Um, we live... A, a very good life in Cundletown with our two boys, Kristen and I, um, and we love that. And obviously, professional life, I work for Dad, which is great at some times and throws <laughs> up a whole bunch of other issues at other times. But um, I'm really actually enjoying a career that I never thought I would do or enjoy, certainly enjoy. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been good. And especially... This year, through all the challenges of coronavirus and what that's thrown up for the accounting industry, that's been a huge, huge learning curve. But it's been really good to see that what I what I have been doing is actually working and I do actually understand as stuff's changing and all that sort of thing. Well, for anyone who isn't across all the amazing things you managed to do with God knows how you managed to pull off half the projects you do. It's just like it gets to the point where it's like, oh, Kyle will work it out. He works everything out. What is it actually you do right now? Because I think most people would know you in the accounting context. What do you actually? What just takes up most of your time now professionally? Um, so I split my time, as you said, through a few different things. I don't like getting bored, so um, I basically do accounting work, um, and we deal. I deal mainly with individual tax returns and that sort of thing. So I've just come through a crazy time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the side, I have Upbound, which is a bookkeeping small business consultancy service that we basically try and solve problems for small businesses. We don't want to limit ourselves to being one thing or a certain place Mm -hmm. in the industry, but basically if someone has an issue in their small business, if we can't solve it, we can find somebody and put you in touch with somebody who can. Um, And then we've got a a few other things on the side. Currently at the moment, I'm very involved in the race course on their committee over there and uh, loving that as well. I think that's one of the joys of being in a small town. It's so easy. If you've got a talent and a knack for stuff, it's so easy to be involved in some really cool activities. Like The community here is just amazing. Like, like the community of Tari is so easy to do anything. It's mm. if, if you have an issue with anything, there's someone who you know or you know someone who knows someone that can fix something for you and whatever it is, it's very easy to get through any of those issues. I think so many people write off how innovative this area is. Like there are so many people in this town who will just have a crack at something. They'll be like, I've seen this done and that looks like heaps of fun. I'm going to have a go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have we have clients in the accounting business that are just doing huge groundbreaking worldwide things from Tari that, no mm. one, that they don't get talked about, they don't get celebrated, they don't want to be celebrated. They're just going about their business but they're doing it in a really amazing way. And I think that gets forgotten. People assume that happens in Sydney or even mm-hmm. not even in Australia, just overseas. But it's it's really happening right here with us in businesses everywhere. Because you, you get that insight being involved in the finances of businesses. You must get some people walking in the door who, you know, just, you know, average Joe or Jane working off the street. And you must look at the, the business sort of nuts and bolts and go, I'm sorry, what are you doing? 
Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a there's a lot of that. They come in and tell you what they do, and you go, "Oh, yeah, that's a pretty open and closed standard." And then you look look further into that business, and you're like, "Wow, this this is amazing what you've mm. achieved here." Because a lot, of, most of them are quite humble people, and just say, mm. "Oh, yeah, look, I just do the same as the next guy next to me," but they're doing it in Very an even better way. Yeah. Wow. Like again, it's one of those. Even in, even if you weren't doing all the other subjects, like all the other sort of projects in and around your life, but even if it was just accounting, I don't know if many people imagine that that's a really exciting element to being like an accountant is just this exposure to all these interesting people you get to work with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously it's accounting. It's, it's boring. Everyone just assumes <laughs> that it's boring. And there's lots of times that it is just sitting at a computer looking at numbers over and over again. But if you've got a passion for that and see that those numbers are actually creating something, that it's those numbers that help people become successful. And uh, I see accounting as, I mean, it, as boring as it is, it's very, very integral into the whole psyche of everybody. It, there's nothing that accounting doesn't creep its fingers into. It's just always, always there in the background of every single business. There, there's some accountant somewhere that's helping that business out. Well, you won't ever get to where you want to be unless you have an appreciative appreciation of the numbers it's going to take to get there that's exactly right mm. yeah it doesn't matter what you're doing the numbers are always important mm. yeah until you embrace that and use that you're always going to hit that ceiling so we all have this idea of how a typical university story goes what did yours look like coming like through tail end of high school high school and then onwards yep so i thought i had life all figured out at 18 oh, don't I, we all? or 17 <laughs> actually i um had been pre-accepted into the hotel school down in sydney so i'd basically checked out of high school and went sweet i'm just gonna have a year to party and go to the beach spent most of my time at my girlfriend at the time school rather than at my school that then eventuated into a year of about 52 and went off to the hotel school and spent a year there and just went no I have no interest in this so it was in Sydney and I did not enjoy the Sydney city life at all I was Mm. very much a country boy yep and so from there just that experience I was like I don't mind the industry but I'm just not interested in being down here and being stuck so from there, I moved back to Newcastle, basically fell into an accounting degree, to be honest. I obviously had been an accountant in town for a long time. I had no interest. I was never just going to follow in dad's footsteps. Like I, I really wanted to sort of break that because everyone sort mm. of assumed that you would. And I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in doing this. And I was, I always wanted to go to uni. I never really had a passion for an, a particular subject or anything, but I knew that having that piece of paper would set up lots of other things. Mm. So basically when I was looking, I wanted to go to Newcastle because that's where Kristen was. And I was like, what can I do at Newcastle that might interest me? So I started an accounting degree with the idea of probably majoring in economics or finance because it was a Bachelor of Business where you could could sort of pick one of your streams. And then after probably six weeks, it was like the only thing that I'm loving here is accounting. I'm going to do this with, again, no intention of ever becoming an accountant. I'll get the accounting degree. That'll put me into something where I can get a management role or something like that. And then uh, just things happened and our life came, drew us back here. Kristen actually got a, a really good internship out at the Mayo. And I was like, well, I can get work here because I know everybody. Um, so a country town. Why, don't we, why don't we come back and just see what happens? And from there... Um, ended up doing a bit of work for dad on the side just with some of his businesses and stuff and then one of the ladies at GPB actually left and it was 
income tax is a is a strange role because it's super intense for three to four months and then very quiet for the rest of the year. Mm. So it was a hard thing to just employ somebody for. And he said, oh, look, would you be interested in learning it and taking it on? And I have and I haven't looked back. I've been doing that for six years now and I love it. It's a couple of – because there was a couple of things where I'm like, oh, mental note, mental note, mental note. Hospitality school first. Had you had any experience in the hospitality world behind, like back of house, as they would refer to it as? No, no, none at all. That was just as – through late high school, I was going to be an architect. Mm -hmm. um, And that was what I'd sort of picked my high school courses all around, doing architecture. And then that just waned a little bit. Probably got lazy and architecture was a lot of work. Um (laughs) And I don't know why I thought hospitality would be any less work, but that I think that was more because there was a careers day up here mm. and basically they had a really good sales pitch. I really liked what they were sort of talking about and what it could lead you to. Like the nightlife and how exciting and fast-paced and intense yeah. and it's not pouring beers at 3am and trying to do it with a smile. Exactly face. right. <laughs> it's not being friendly to absolutely everybody even when you don't like them and all yeah. those sorts of things. Then even better, I could get an early entry and not have to worry about school. I was certainly ne- – I've never been a someone who loves education. I've always been after the job at the end. It's a means to an end rather than someone who – like I would never go back and study for the sake of studying. I think that's I think that's a really cool point because I feel like there's probably so many people who are – I mean, I know TUC wants to – is looking at facilitating so many different people at very different stages of life. But for the high school crowd in particular, there's probably so many kids – and this is – the big bugbear I kind of have with the current school structure in that if you aren't loving the academic life, then you're never going to be an academic. That's that's the dialogue that I think a lot of kids not might mightn't be told, but that's what they hear is if they're struggling to maintain focus at school or if it's just not lighting them up, they think the entire education system is a write-off for them. And obviously for you, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, that's that's because I was that, that mm. kid in school that was always told, look, if you applied yourself, you could be really good. Mm-hmm. I had no interest in applying myself. Yeah. Um, I you want was, to be really good, you apply yourself. That's miss. exactly right. <laughs> yeah, well, I was always always focused on the work. So I worked all the way through high school and mm-hmm. I loved that and I just loved the the money, basically being able to do anything that I wanted. It so, was the transaction that was the reward. It was like yeah. I can see tangibly what I'm getting for this outlay, not like the buzz of academia. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then going forward, I knew that, in the careers that I was looking at having, I would need some piece of paper behind mm. me. Yeah, basically that was that was where I fell into the accounting degree. But as I said, it's it's certainly been amazing and I haven't looked back. But there wasn't a time ever where I was like, I just want to study. I'm loving studying. Mm. I, oh, I give hated, me some more books in a library session and I'm so there. That's it. I hated <laughs> every minute of it, but I knew that it was something that needed to happen. I think it was also really cool too that you didn't pursue any of this thinking it was the next 20 years of your life. Like it was kind of a big range-finding exercise where it's like I kind of know the rough direction I want to go in and I feel like this is going to get me there but I don't have this cookie-cutter idea of what I should be looking like in 20 years or what life should look like. Because again, I feel like that's the dialogue a lot of people are sold about universities. Like, okay, well, this is a really big commitment and you need to, like, this is going to be like the next 60 years of your life so you better make the decision count now. And it's like... I don't even know what I'm going to wear tomorrow. Like, yeah. I can't make a decision for the next six years of my life now. Like, Yeah, especially for the younger people going to university. You just don't know. As no. I said, I was being an architect, then I was absolutely in love with hospitality, and I worked in hospitality right through my mm. university career, which was, which was really good and really handy. It's something that 
potentially in the next few years I'm looking at maybe going back into as well. Now so it sort, of, yeah, it sort of rolls back around. But yeah, certainly I would be happy to do accounting for the rest of my life, but it's not necessarily something that I'm pursuing to go with forever. And like what, you're early 30s now and again you're switching gears with Upbound and it's like there can be so many really beautiful unexpected gear changes that you just can't foresee all that you can't you can't realistically pick a degree for the rest of your life because you know the rest of your life's gonna look like you just that's it you just don't know and there's so many experiences that you haven't had even at 30 Mm. that you go yeah okay that's next and yeah that's right Mm. i'm really enjoying this whatever it happens to be i'm actually going to try and find a career there rather Mm. than going no well this is the career that i have i'll try and enjoy that in my spare time Yeah, this is the the thing I've married myself to intellectually for the next 20 years and anything else, if it doesn't align with that, no, it's not on the radar. Yeah, and that's exactly what I've tried to do. If if Mm. I'm enjoying it, I'm going to try and find a way to turn it into a career or a business Mm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think we're in such a really good time for that mindset as well. We're we're seeing so many examples of anything can be a business and entrepreneurship is such a normal thing to pursue and dabble in that that's it. Like you might do a degree for a job that doesn't exist yet. Like realistically, that's it. Yeah. Like f- fifteen years ago, like like I so I teach people how to build their own websites. Fifteen years ago, it's like you teach people to build their own what's now. Like yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it and at the moment, everything's moving at such a fast pace that you're mm. right. Like there, there's not even degrees out there that if you're in year ten thinking, the degree that you're going to do may not even be available yet, and let alone even the the job or the career that you're going into so it's so important to just focus on what lights you up because the work will find you yes absolutely so if you hadn't completed that degree how would your life i mean we can you already can see how different your life would look now but like it what do you think it would have looked like now what would you be missing yeah definitely um i think it's as much about that backstop as anything and just being comfortable that no matter what else goes on in the rest of your life there is that that qualification that you can go back to. So even even if everything else disappears, you've got that, that you can go, yeah, I can get a job, especially in accounting because you can do it anywhere and there's usually lots of jobs going. Mm. So it's something that you can go, yeah, I can step into bookkeeping, accounting, management, something that relates to that degree. Whereas without that, I think you'd really str- – I mean, obviously, we can't do our job without a degree most of the time. Legal and liability. And all yeah, that, yeah, so you can't be a principal and that sort of thing without it. So it's very integral. But uh, – and so – It's more about the confidence to pursue your passions, knowing it's there if you need kind of thing. Like you can back yourself knowing you've got a very credible plan B. That's exactly right. And and not even that, but in, in the plan A, it's there and it, mm. that knowledge is part of it. And I can go into, again, especially with accounting because it's all about the back end of the business. I can go into any other business and know mm. that, okay, the accounting stuff's sorted. I've then just got to work out what the front of house looks like and, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, it's this, it becomes this really in unexplo- uh, unexpected springboard that – yeah, you don't. It, if if it's something that you are passionate about and you enjoy doing, you don't know what you better turn your hand to with it. So, if knowing now that it was certainly not a straight line between high school and now, what if something if someone could have said something to you back then, or what would you wish someone would have said to you back then, especially when it was getting hard? Yeah, definitely. I think it's as much about just doing it, like just jumping in. It was mm. very hard at lots of different times and. Lots of different times I did want to quit certain things, which isn't necessarily a huge issue. Quitting a couple of those 
initial things was actually really good for me. Clear but, the decks. But once you've found something just because it's hard, you don't quit. Like if there's mm. a real reason for you quitting, then that's fair enough. But as something gets hard, it's that pushing through that really about checking in with yourself and going what's the bigger picture here is it still tied to the bigger picture that's if right it and is, is it going to be worth it for me and yes if i can see that, that it is there it is worth pushing through and and just running with and dealing with that hard time because mm-hmm. not only do i then get through it but you learn plenty from that time as well and no even even if we've got like we've we've all sort of talked about up until this point loving the life we've currently got now but there's still really crappy days. Like you know, no, 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 there's no dream deal where you don't ever have a bad day. So. Oh, absolutely. And those, I think those bad days are really important because mm-hmm. it shows you how good the rest of it is and and what else you could be doing, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You just don't want them to sort of pile up one on top of each yeah, other. You don't want them to be the norm. Something, yeah. something that's cropped up over the last couple of episodes that I kind of want to highlight is the determining factor in the relationships in when we choose our path. And I'll get you in on this, Donna, too. Because I've, I feel like and I feel like there's this dialogue where it's just like, if you shape the, your degree around someone else, you're selling out. It's like you shouldn't be choosing your university path on that boyfriend or that girlfriend. And I want to be really careful of this because we really do need to pay close attention to the people that we allow, in, allow into our inner circle but all of us, all three of us at a young age met the right person that was going to be with us for the long haul. And I know myself, I received a lot of backlash when people found out I was engineering the major decisions around the life I was building with my husband. A lot of people thought I was selling out, especially being a girl with all these opportunities that had been so hard fought for me. It's like, what are you doing engineering such a big decision? Like, you know, he could just be one bloke. Rah, 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 like, And it's like... I needed to trust myself like, no, this is a really high quality person that I've allowed close to me and they're worth engineering some pretty big choices around. How did you guys mediate that? Because, again, you both met your partners quite young as well. Yeah, that, that really um, really hits home with me, especially because I got married, I think, two years out of high school. Mm. And because I did do particularly well at school, there was mm. lots of flack from family and friends and particularly friends, saying, mm-hmm. well, I'll see you in about six years when that falls apart. Yeah. They were just um, absolutely assuming that, yeah, I'd do that path for a while, but I would get back onto the career path because I was pretty career-driven through school. Mm. But I think that's why my husband was so supportive of me doing the degree because we realised we were in it together. Like, mm-hmm. he knew it was a dream of mine. Yeah, you we found someone who could help facilitate. It wasn't someone who was going to be a, a stop in that journey. It was going to be someone who helped made it happen, as yeah. well as the family and everything. Yeah, and I mean, I've always been terrible with technology, and I just know sometimes, you know, I'd have something crash on the computer. I would have done this whole bloody assignment about to hand it in, you know, and he'd mm-hmm. come along and go, "Oh, have you looked to you?" And you're, oh, yep. thank you." Like, Swoop in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that extra support that you mm. get. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we did go off our paths at the start. But he helped me get back to the path I wanted to take. And he's still really supportive of anything that I do in my career. Mm. So so it just creates an extra strength, I think. It's an extra backup. But it was probably you having to drown out a lot of what was being said to you because you knew in of yourself that, no, this isn't just me blindly falling into a relationship that's going to be detrimental. This person is going to add so much value to what I want to achieve. I need to trust myself in that. How did you you make that that with Kristen? So I I think that's a really funny one that, like as you're leaving school, everyone sort of says, that's it, you're an adult now. You can go and pick your career and you've got to pick your university degree and that's what's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Oh, but your girlfriend from high school, she 
probably don't. We don't, don't trust you to make that life. That's decision. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can make all your other life decisions. They have to be made right now. But that one, no, no, no. You need a bit of experience, which in some cases many people do. They it's like mm. they do want to go out and experience all that sort of stuff. But mum loves telling the story that after a week of knowing Kristen, I came home and said, I'm marrying that girl. And oh, eight, that's beautiful. Eight years though. later I did. But it was just at that time we just knew and we've mm-hmm. formed an amazing partnership and going forward we've we've always just been on the same page. We've supported each other through any of these things. As I said, I moved home for her career more than mine, certainly, and now she would love to move away but because I've got the career here, we are sort of decided that this is the best place for us now. Mm. So constant sort of exchange of compromises and support in both ways all along the way. Kind that's of exactly thing. right, yeah. Mm. And I think all the way through with your studies, it's really not something that you do on your own. No, you don't do it in a vacuum. No. So you need those people around you to be supporting you or guiding you or saying to you, you know, that's probably not the right degree because I did start doing straight accounting and I just Silly. got so <laughs> bored with that. So I was doing Bachelor of Business so I was able to flick across and do a few different things. So I ended up with Bachelor of Business with management and marketing mm. but with a strong accounting background. So it's given me a, a broad breadth across everything. But, yeah, you need people along the way to check in and say, you know, that's probably not really you. <laughs> it's such a it's such a hard balancing act between taking on that advice on any ass on any facet whether it's taking on that advice about the relationship or taking on advice about the degree it's all i think it's all about really being protective of that inner circle you create there's that saying that you are the average of the six or seven people you hang around with most um and so if you hang around with a bunch of tens guess what you're a 10 just by association it's averages it's numbers look at me throwing numbers around (laughs) as a metaphor (laughs) but like yeah so i think it's about when you get to that 15 16 and i think that's really the tipping point when you can end up with the right or the wrong people around you even in like friendship groups i think it's really important to analyze who who is in your inner circle and what are their are their vested interests and what's their experience and if they tell you something with the confidence like they're right are they right do they have the right to be giving that advice what's their background on that just getting kind of ruthless with who you take advice from and where you take advice from but I think if you've got someone if you've got someone in your life who is of a high quality and they feel like they're going to support you with the long haul keep bring them along from the ride you know and even if that's just a really close friend you know it's I don't think there's no there's no right way to do it, but I think we can often make big decisions based on bad advice on a number of fronts. Yeah, definitely. Especially, again, for the younger kids, they tend to follow their parents, which isn't necessarily a wrong thing, mm. but that just may not be part of your journey. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I know f- for me, both my parents had a degree, so that was something, again, like we were speaking about in an episode before, it, was, it wasn't pressure necessarily, but it was kind of just something normalized normalized that i assumed that was that was the thing that you did my younger brother has then gone off and had a really good career without having a degree Mm. so um that's been really good as well to sort of show that it doesn't matter what's happened before you you can change that narrative to suit you sort of thing Mm. and it's always that spill on effect in your kids too you're thinking about the little sort of microculture you're bringing your two boys into they're going to have their uncle who's had an amazing life without a degree. They're going to have you, who's had this really multifaceted life with a degree. And that's right. And then they can pick what's going to be mm. the best for them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. It's all these living examples of the different ways success looks like, I guess. Yeah. So to bring it all back, if you – in, like, all your travels up and down the coast with all your different lives, um, what would it have meant to you to have had, something, had access to something like TUC when you were making all these big decisions? Well, as I said, I think initially for me – with 
the hotel school in Sydney, the biggest barrier to that was I moved to Sydney on my own. I felt very lonely and isolated and that sort of thing. Kristen was studying in Newcastle, so we'd only see each other on weekends. And that that really got to me. Mm. I suffered mentally a lot from that. Especially because you knew she was going to be your wife from week one. So well, that's exactly right. Two hours yeah, away. That's exactly <laughs> right. So I think being able to do that from as someone who loves country areas and loves being able to mm. no commute get to the beach within 15 minutes and any of that sort of stuff, I think that would have been a huge deal for me. And I probably would have started on this track a lot earlier. I mm. may not have learned as many lessons, but it would have I would have been further into my career at an earlier point. Yep. With, without having to have moved away from support systems and even like the outer support systems like your soccer team or your, your indoor team. That's or, exactly right. Yeah. And I, I left that. And then when we came back, a lot of those guys had then left or had mm. moved on and it was sort of hard to then assimilate back into those groups, which mm. is if we found other friends and that sort of thing, which is nice and easy in a town like this because you can just pick up you mm. know, a soccer team and, and you've suddenly got a, a bunch of mates around you. But, yeah, it, to not have had to have left that, mm. would have I would have seen as a yeah, really big plus. Well, it's probably – you're probably able to make it through because you had this grounding of this really kind of um, that idyllic childhood. We're not knowing heaps about your childhood, but knowing that you had mum and dad, they were both there, they both worked, they both had degrees, both supported you. And so you had that foundation. So when you did have to do really big, hard, scary stuff, you did it with a lot of built-in confidence from the 17 years prior to that. Yeah, you had absolutely. had that 17 years prior to that, the stuff that you stacked on top of it might have stood up. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's – where I've in a lot of the business sort of stuff that I've started, I've always just been confident because mm. I've always had that confidence from from them that you know you can basically just do anything, you make it work, um, and and that's what I do. I, I jump into it with no idea and it works. So yeah, I think that's been really really key. Mm. Whereas for people who haven't had that really strong foundation to stack all these big scary decisions on top of, having something like TUC there to kind of take away the big scariness of these decisions kind of offsets probably the foundation they might have had well that's that's right uni's uni's such a big jump initially anyway to do Mm. it at the same time as leaving home and and just leaving your support network and for people up here in a regional area usually going to a city there's there's so many things piled on top of that that are potential barriers or at at least make it harder than what it needs to be yeah i think that's the big thing is that it shouldn't and doesn't need to be that hard and that scary because it takes away from the fun. Like it takes away from how fun and exciting that whole process is. And, that, and that's what it should be. That's mm. absolutely what it should be. So it's about having fun. Well, Mr. Brown, here's to having more fun. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Six Degrees Podcast. This podcast is produced by Upbound Business Consultants and is brought to you by Tari University's campus. Based on the New South Wales Barrington Coast, TUC is a hub for supporting distance education study for university students with campus facilities, mentoring, postgrad career opportunities and more. If you'd like to share your story, you can send us an email at podcast at tarauni.org.au and let us know your unconventional road to a degree. Until next time.